Welcome to Is This Place Trash? Hosted by myself, Eric Dahl, and co-host, Alexander Dahl. And we're going to clean out your purse, see? <laughs> Where we explore the deep, dark world of one-star reviews and make a judgment on if the business is trash or the reviewer is just pretentious. Hey, Alex. What's up? Hey, do you remember an episode in season nine of Seinfeld called The Dealership? Um, vaguely. I know it has something to do with uh, Elaine's uh, boyfriend, Putty. Yeah. Can you imagine thinking George is your key to having a less expensive car? I've, I couldn't imagine George successfully nego- negotiating very many things, no. <laughs> he could barely negotiate his own life. I can't imagine he's going to be the guy you bring with you to buy a car. But that's what Jerry Seinfeld did in the episode The Dealership in season nine of Seinfeld, where he and Elaine and Putty and George went to the dealership to go to Putty because Putty was going to be a sales guy who was going to give him a good discount on a brand new car. George, being George, gets sidetracked on a Twix bar and accuses the entire dealership of taking all of his candy. Meanwhile, <laughs> leaving Jerry to defend against himself against Putty, who had just broken up with Elaine and now was getting the screws to Jerry on a car. Right, and it reminds right. me of the, of the fact that buying a car has got to be one of the most stressful purchases you ever make in your life. Yeah, and not just purchasing, but actually shopping for the car is incredibly stressful as well. I have always felt that, you know, car shopping and also interviewing for a job are two of the worst things you ever have to do. That's probably true. I'd add, you know, uh, buying an airplane, buying a boat, buying any object that's very expensive that's not like a bulk good that you normally would buy at like a grocery store are probably some of the most expensive things you'll ever buy. You know, it's not like milk, which is universal, not like a loaf of bread, which is pretty universal. Every car, although looks the same, has different options, different trims, a different person made it. There's so many things that go into the purchase or the construction of a car that every car is different. Um, And it just is one of the most stressful purchases you ever make. And it makes me think that you find all these stories all over science fiction, all over TV, all over the news about the fact that buying a car is one of the most stressful ex- experiences. It really kind of makes me think that car dealerships do it on purpose. Yeah, it does. It does feel like that at times. I um, many years ago, um, it was on my birthday. I was shopping for a car. And I didn't have a lot of money, so I just wanted to pay cash outright for it. I didn't want to have to end up in financing. And so we found this crappy little lot, and I paid a couple grand for this vehicle that only ended up lasting me about a month and a half before the engine just went out. And the mechanic basically just like told me that they were going to sell it for scrap if I didn't tow it away. <laughs> Yeah, I know I talked before about how uh, Oldest and I went to the car dealership, paid cash for a junker car. You know, we did walk out of the dealership because they weren't going to give me a good price on it. They called us back. We went in. We paid for the car. I think that car lasted less than six months until we were back looking for at a new dealership, looking for a, a good loan on a car or something that he could afford. Because, you know, you get what you pay for. You buy a cheap car, you're going to get a cheap product. And that's that's something that I think a lot of people get scared of, especially in that episode of Seinfeld, where, you know, Jerry's really concerned about getting taken to the cleaners on every little nickel and dime that could happen. It really does make me think that there's got to be a better way to buy a car and a better way to find a car. Well, I know there's definitely one better way to find a car. And that's What's if you that? find it floating 70,000 light years away from Earth. <laughs> and, and, and when you find that car that's floating so far away, like, I don't know, it might be in the Delta Quadrant or something. Uh, are you also going to find Amelia Earhart there? Uh, yeah, probably. And I believe a couple other people from uh, the 1930s. Weird. That's very strange. I always thought it was very odd how the pilot of a starship who was in prison before going on the starship uh, knew a lot about internal combustion engines. I don't understand how that's true. Uh, I suppose somebody could tell me why it is that a pilot of a starship in the future that doesn't have engines would know anything about it. But his story is he's a fan. 
Whatever that is. A, a, a grease monkey, as he tells Balana. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Putty from Seinfeld will tell you that he doesn't like that term, grease monkey. Any monkey can turn a wrench. It takes a professional uh, to be a car mechanic. And I'm sure that's probably true, especially today. But you know where else uh, you, don't ha- you don't have to go to buy a car? Where is that? Carvana. You oh. just go online, you type some stuff in, and, you know, a couple days later, poof, a car shows up. I did buy my latest car from Carvana. Uh, I thought it was a great experience, painless. Uh, I did it all remote, didn't have to go anywhere, didn't have to deal with drama of being in a car dealership, stuck there for hours. It is unfortunate to see the condition that Carvana is in today with its stock market price and everything else. But uh, I thought buying a car from Carvana was a very stress-free experience, which is something we're not going to see a lot of today on... A Tipsy Trip, starring Stricker Foods, or Foods, Stricker Ford out of St. Louis. So Stricker Fords recently had a name change not too long ago, and they had an old name that we'll get to in some of these reviews. But it's a car dealership, and like all car dealerships, they kind of come in a, an assortment of sizes and prices. Uh, you know, they are family-owned and operated. The current president started working at this car dealership under its previous name, when he was 11 year old, cutting grass, you know, the, the website, when I was doing web, uh, research on this business is really informative about their staff, what services they have to offer. Uh, you know, they have a really good meet the staff section that I found kind of oddly satisfying, uh, being able to connect uh, some of the faces of these people to their names when they show up in the reviews. I felt a little bad knowing what I know about them in the reviews. But, uh, you know, if I judged the business just on its website, I'd say it was five stars. We'll probably learn later that it's probably not a five-star establishment, but we'll get into reviews after the break. And welcome back. We're talking about A Tipsy Trip, starring Shicker Food, Ford, (laughs) out of St. Louis. I don't know why I keep calling it food. Maybe I'm thinking about food because at the moment I'm drinking some very bad whiskey. I would not highly recommend it. Uh, zero stars. Uh, if I could give zero stars. We'll find out later that you can't give zero stars. And uh, one star is <laughs> as low as you can go. Uh, I figure out what I'll do is I'll start with the first set, Alex. And uh, we can trade off from there if that's good for you. Do you want to go over the promoter score st- stats? Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do that. So uh, this Business had 66 stars at the time I looked at it. Uh, 19% was five star, 8% were four star, 3% were three stars, uh, 3% were two stars, and 74% of all reviews for this place were one star. The average average star rating of this dealership was 2.04 stars, and the net promoter score was negative 48.48%. You know, 30%, 30%, you're doing great. 0%, you're not so hot. Negative 48%, you know what? That's bad. It, it is probably, uh, it's not the worst we're going to see well, as we go through some of these businesses. But, you know, as, as we have been so far, negative 48% is the lowest we've seen at this point in time. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Especially for like a dealership for like high dollar ticket items. Yeah, I, I, and this isn't about Ford. Let's be clear: we're not reviewing Ford cars. We're not reviewing directly car dealerships. We're dealing directly with this specific car dealership. So, um, so the first five star. I've gone to multiple Ford dealerships, and the salesman seemed uninterested. And then we went into Shicker Ford, and Jim hooked me up with an Explorer Sport for what the other two had wanted for a 2018 Limited or a 2019 XLT. It was great service, no BS, and dramatic pause for effect. They actually went. They actually want to earn your business. Go see Jim and get a real deal on a great car. That was a five star, probably written by Jim. Because <laughs> I swear, I, I'm guilty of this a lot when I see reviews and they name people. I can't help but think to myself that that's that guerrilla marketing that we talked about before where that person is like mm. hot trying to make their cars five stars. And when I went to go buy our 2013 Jeep Compass, 
They would not let me leave the dealership until I had promised to write a five-star review about their service because they were afraid that if I had wrote less than five stars, they wouldn't get the same deal they had with Jeep and that somehow Daimler Chrysler would review their dealership worse. And so they didn't let me leave until I promised to write a five-star review. And today... Was it was the, was that this dealership? No, it was, it was this is a dealership. That in, is a different one? A different okay. dealership. This is a dealership in South Dakota. Um, but that dealership, whenever I think about when I see five stars, even today, I wonder how legit five stars are. Because I always think five stars are kind of caged in the, you're going to write a five-star review or you're not leaving. And, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'll write a five-star review. I'm sorry. I, I promise. But what didn't happen when we're talking about promises is this next five st- or this next one star review. And uh, we'll get into it. It's kind of long. Some of these reviews when we're talking about one star reviews get kind of long. But I do think a lot of them are interesting and they're good context. And it really does kind of elevate the interest in car dealerships as a concept. I just want to read the, these first two words and then you can read the rest of it. OK, yeah, sure. Go for it. Women, beware. The difference between how I am treated when I am alone versus when I am with my husband is day and night. I will never, ever consider buying another car from this dealer. In 2016, I made my first new car purchase from McMahon Ford, which was the previous name for this dealership. It seemed like a fairly typical car buying experience. My husband and I worked with a salesman who seemed to know very little about the cars he was selling. He couldn't answer basic questions about oil changes and employed the standard car salesman tricks. They took the keys, pressured us into driving the car home for the evening, and my trade-in was nowhere to be seen, as they had taken it to be evaluated who knows where. However, we took our time and we reached what we felt was a good deal. I reached the time for my first oil change, and only the first one is actually free here. A guy again talked to the mechanics who would not give me a straight answer on when I should be getting an oil change. I told them that I read on the Ford website that they assured me this was incorrect and that I should be changing my oil every 5,000 miles. While I was waiting for my car to be serviced, I listened to the mechanic badmouthing other customers they had spoken to after they had left. All the while, I was in the waiting room listening to their conversation. Well, I was when I was leaving, I asked if I would be able to take my car to the usual mechanic in the future. They couldn't give me a straight answer on this question either. For my second oil change, I took my car to my own mechanic well within the Ford recommended 7,500-mile oil change window. They walked me through how the oil change works with new cars and sat me with me in my, and sat me in with my car and showed me how I could check the oil levels from the dashboard. This level of service was something I was not offered when I was at the car dealership. Fast forward one year, and as I am driving to work, my 2016 Ford Fusion goes into shutdown mode on the highway. The engine light came on, and I had to coast to a stop during rush hour on a day that I had already reached 95 degrees. AAA towed my car to the dealer where I was greeted with news that they might be able to look at my car next week. When I asked what my options were between now and the indefinite time in the future when they would be able to look at my car, they told me that I could rent a car from Enterprise. They also informed me that it was Ford's policy not to cover the expense of a rental car while the car was waiting to be taken into the shop. After speaking with the two employees who had told me that my car wouldn't be looked at for another week, I went looked I went inside and started checking I started the check-in process for my car. I sat down and was told that I looked upset. I said that well yes I am. On my brand new car it just stranded me on the highway. He then cuts me off and starts questioning me and questioning me about why I hadn't brought my car in for its recall on this part. I responded that I had never received a recall for my vehicle and he responded with well you must have overlooked it then. Well, I told him what had happened with my car. He seemed to know what it was, and he thought it might be a quick fix. Would that make you happy? I agreed to wait an hour and a half while they looked at my car. When it was time to go, an employee came in, sat next to me on the couch, and put his hand on my knee so he could deliver the news. 
See, the repair didn't take over two hours. So we, we wouldn't have covered the expense of your rental car. As I was leaving, I asked the mechanic if the issue on the highway was related to the recall of my vehicle. The mechanic informed me there never was a recall on my car. Another clear issue of the miscommunication and misinformation that I had been receiving from the dealer all day. To sum it up, I was stranded on a highway in my car that I had just brought brand new one year previously for a clear issue in parts and no fault of my own in upkeep or in driving. Why wasn't Ford standing by their vehicle? This is all I could have been avoided if the dealer employee had asked about my car prior to telling me that I would need to wait a week. This also could have been avoided if they had offered to let me sit down and, and talk through some of the options I would have. All this information was submitted to Ford in a survey following my visit, and I never received a response. One star. Yeah, that's pretty rough. I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that there was actually a recall for this issue in Ford cars, but I, I might be wrong about that. There there has been a number of recalls to Ford cars, but not just Ford. We can't blame Ford. Uh, you're manufacturing billions of cars a year. Things are going to happen. People make mistakes. Humans are assembling these things on a, on a massive assembly line. Probably the thing that makes me the most frustrated about this entire uh, review is the beginning of a porn video where a guy sits down next to her on the couch <laughs> and says, I can make you happy. I, I, I don't like that. I don't. Yeah, that's that's diminutive. I don't like that. Either. I don't like that. I'm not a I'm not a lady. I don't deal with a lot of the issues they probably do from sleazy people, not necessarily sleazy carmen. But I if I'm on a couch and a person sits right next to me, that is a violation of my personal space. I mean, that cushion may not be mine, but that couch is mine. I, I don't want you sitting next to me. <laughs> and I definitely I definitely don't want you touching me at all. One thing I want to point out about something earlier in her review is about how she was standing there listening to all of the other mechanics and stuff uh, talk about the other employees or other customers. Um, a little life lesson here. If you find yourself in a situation where somebody or people around you are openly talking trash about other people, um, you can be guaranteed that behind your back, they are saying that stuff about you to those other people. Oh, you can guarantee it. And I think that there's something to be said about you know the, the friendly insult that you give like your friend in front of their face versus the things you talk about behind their back. You know, a real friend doesn't talk about behind their back. They tell you all the problems they have with you to your face. And, mm -hmm. and I think this is important for a business. If you're getting exposed to negative comments about other employees or negative comments about other customers, uh, that's really our job to make these comments. And it's really not the business's job to make those comments. The business really should be professional. We're, we're, we're not. And we don't have these problems. But I. You know, it is interesting. They they talk about let that be a lesson to all those businessmen out there. Your job is to be professional. Our job is to talk trash. Yeah, our job is to see if this place is trash, not you. But it is interesting. I did have a similar problem with this with the Jeep, and the the Jeep is a new vehicle, or 2013, and they would always say Jeep said that it doesn't need to have a 5,000 mile oil change. In fact, it probably doesn't need to have an oil change at least eight to ten thousand miles. And when you go to Walmart or you go to Valvoline oil change, they would obviously say, well, it needs more frequent oil changes because that's a benefit to them. Yeah. So it does ask a question, what is the proper amount of miles to go before you'd actually need an oil change? And I don't know that answer. I, I can't say I do. I just go by my car and when my car says I need an oil change, I say, uh, OK, I guess I'm going to go get you an oil change then. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty standard. And then also, you know, you can just gauge the quality of the oil. If it's gritty and dirty, then it definitely needs to be changed. Yeah, and if you if you check the level of your oil and you see like little metal specks in it, that's probably a sign of some other problems you might want to get checked out. Yeah, that's a, that's not an oil change. That's a you might want to shop for a new car. Yeah, we had. <laughs> I was coming back. Uh, you remember when Dad had that black pickup truck? Yeah. Yeah. So we I I brought it up. I moved to college with it. I was bringing it back to the cities. And it was overheating. I went to go check the oil and there were little aluminum specks all in the oil. And I called dad. I was like, yeah, the truck ain't going anywhere. It's pretty much stuck here on the highway up in North Dakota. 
I don't think he was very happy about that. But what are you going to do? You, you can't keep driving yeah. a car that's tearing itself apart. Right. Uh, all right. So we got another five-star review here. Uh, this one's pretty quick. Uh, I have purchased two cars here so far and worked with Richard Wikowski both times. He works extremely hard to get you the best APR and get you the payment you want for the car you want. He is a very nice and professional person. Oh, and did I mention he always takes you out for an amazing meal during your car purchase. I bought a lot of cars and no salesman has ever done that but him. I will be buying a third vehicle from Richard Wikowski when the time comes. Richard has a Ford F-150 ready for me. Oh, right. I, I hate to say it, but you think that review was also written by Richard Witowski? Uh I'm I'm gonna go ahead and probably say so. He's probably angling for that next like uh, bonus increment. <laughs> Did you re- do you recall a show called The Mentalist on CBS? I I never watched it, but yeah, I, I know of it. So the wife and I would watch it pretty re- religiously when it was on. And one of the episodes, there's like a murder at the car dealership. And as he's going through the process of trying to figure out who the murderer was, he goes into the break room for the salespeople. He looks at who's leading the sales for the month. And he comes up with his determination that the the murderer had to be the guy who was in second place. And I still remember this quote today. The reason he determined the salesperson who committed the murder was in the second person was because the person in second place always tries the hardest. So that to be a lesson to you. Not only is second place the first loser, but it's also the person who tries the hardest. So are you saying that Dick Wachowski is actually number two? Yeah, he's he's taking a number two. <laughs> you know? He's working harder to get that deal done. I would be a little concerned if a sales guy was giving me a, a meal on his purchase. And there's probably a, lum- a number of stories we can go into, but... I do get a little concerned when you get extra special treatment. You know, I want to be treated Mm -hmm. well. I don't want to get, you know, the red carpet taken to the cleaners uh, good service. That's scary. But uh, great for this person. If if Richard's able to cut him a good deal on his cars and he was really treated really good, more power to him. All right. So next up we have uh, number one or uh, one star review. Number one. Don't waste your time and money as their service department will rip you off. If you are looking for a used car or need service, do not go here. I had a diagnostic on a Ford for $149. I told them that the car was misfiring and made an appointment to determine the cause. Shicker service department assured me that their diagnostic would tell me what is wrong with my Ford. I went to the appointment and two hours later they told me that the car had a misfire and they wanted more money. I already knew it had a misfire and they could not tell me the cause as they lied. Rip off. I went elsewhere and found out that I need to have spark plugs that were fouled. When I was in the waiting room, there was a customer who complained that they could not fix his new Mustang that they had purchased from them. Don't waste your time or money as they don't want as they don't know what they're doing. Thank you. Here's my one star review. Thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have a dealer's going to have a normal diagnostic fee. That diagnostic fee usually gets uh, decreased or taken out of the total cost the repair. But they're not going to trust. If I was running a business like this, I wouldn't necessarily trust a customer to tell me what the problems with a car were. You don't know. Cars are complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not it's two spark plugs that are fouled and they're causing a misfire, I guess that makes some sense, especially if you got some vibration issues happening. But in that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry and George are going to you know, Putty's car dealership, I think it was like European International Motors or whatever it was called. You know, uh, George goes to uh, Jerry and says, what are you, an idiot? You don't get your car fixed at a dealer. And it's like, yeah, you clearly don't get your car fixed at a dealer. It's going to be more expensive. Now, with that, the caveat being that the, probably the reason it's more expensive is because, A, it's a dealer, B, they're probably trained more, and C, they probably have to go through a lot more rigorous, you know, recurrent training than your average mechanic mm. goes through. And they have to buy OEM parts where who knows where the parts are going to come from when you get them from, you know, Joe's car, car shack. So. One thing that I do kind of want to point out about this one is that he was he was very poignant and factual. There wasn't a whole lot of opinion in this. Yeah, I do like it when they don't add unnecessary drama. I mean, maybe that's not true. 
Maybe I personally like it when they add additional drama because it's beneficial to me and our podcast. But <laughs> but from a purely review basis, if you were going in to judge a business on your own uh, based on the quality of reviews, I think you'd really want a short, concise review that kept to the facts and didn't get a lot of excess drama put into it. Yes, let that be a lesson to the customers. Your job is to be poignant and factual. It's our job to talk trash. <laughs> yes, and uh, speaking of trash, we're going to go into the recycle bin with a you know, five-star review. I bought a pre-owned 2006 Scion XB with 60,000 miles on it. Low for a 10-year-old car. Uh, let's see, I bought that in November 3rd, 2016. I never write reviews for anything, but in this case, I have to. Uh, because I was so shocked at how things went. I sold cars for a couple years way back while, and I thought I knew how things were going to go, but I was wrong. I found the car listed online and ended up dealing with two different salesmen for the car because of their schedules. Hey, car salesmen take days off too. Uh, I don't know if they share commission, but whatever. Their names were Mark Jones and Keith Herber Street, and I was pleasantly surprised at how easy they were to deal with. I know, bad, I know the bad rap car salesmen can get sometimes. Like I said, I used to be one. But they were nothing like the stereotype. Initially, I just assumed that I got lucky dealing with a couple of the guy, their best guys. But I was wrong here too. I brought the car in for, I bought the car for a different price than it was listed online. With my past experience, I felt that I could get a, a pretty good deal for myself. And I did. They listened atten attentively when I explained my reasoning for the deal that I wanted. They were quick, courteous, and fun to talk, talk to throughout the deal. In the end, we made a deal that made us both happy, and I drove the car off the lot. Pleased as punch. Within a couple of days, I noticed some odd characteristics about the car that concerned me, so I took it into a Toyota dealership that, that had it inspected. The issue wasn't immediately apparent, but because I've owned one of these cars before, the 2005 model, and because Toyota Service Department deals with a lot of these cars, together they were able to identify that there was in fact something wrong with the car. So I took the car back to the Ford dealer and had a talk with them about it. This is when I expected things to go very south. But again, I was wrong. I Spock, I, I Spock, nope, not Spock, I spoke to Gordon Kinder, the pre-owned manager, late that day, and he immediately set up an appointment with the service department and a meeting with the service manager, Brian Hollis. For me, first thing the following day, I brought the car in and handed the keys to the service rider named Ron Gorez. I've met with Brian and assured me that they would get the car fixed right away. And they did. They both were very quick, courteous, and professional. I started feeling like some kind of VIP or something. None of this lined up with my expectations. After the issue with the car was confirmed by the service technician, whose name I, I failed to get, Gordon sat me down again to, to resolve the problem. Again, this is where I knew things were going to go south. I've dealt with a few of these used car managers from both sides of the desk, and I know where the buck stops with this guy. It's his job to make sure that his department makes money. I figured that all of the wonderful treatment I'd received up to this point was going to be where they shafted me, but they didn't give me the bad news. I was wrong again. He turned off his cell phone, actually thanked me for bringing the issue to his attention, and then we had a really pleasant, brief discussion wherein he asked me what I thought the best solution was. I told him that I thought that was fair and, and still did not actually expect to get anywhere close to what I thought I was asking for. To be clear... The issue with the car was unexpected for the mileage and not easily noticeable as such. Definitely not their fault and it's quite expensive to fix. So how did he respond? He said, I agree, we'll take care of it. Gordon and I shook hands, the service department ordered the parts to fix the car and as soon as they arrived, they got the car back. It drives great, I love it and I couldn't be happier. Like I said, I'd never bothered to write reviews before but everything about my experience at this Ford dealer was just too good to believe. I've always thought the car business was just about the numbers. But not here at this dealer. They take care of people. They want to make people happy and earning customers for life. They just got another one at this five-star review. Well, it sounds to me like um, they were trying to, you know, 
keep the sucker on the line. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I get, I get a little flabbergasted, you know, when names are dropped in reviews or how this person can literally recall everybody's name but the one person. I mean, it takes a very attentive person that has a really good attention to detail to remember these kind of things. I don't know what the deal with the car is. It's potentially that they had wrap coverage on the car and the cost wasn't necessarily a big deal anyway and they didn't care. And so why why make the customer mad if we don't have to? Uh, but who knows? It's a long review to say that the dealership went above and beyond to make sure that he had a really good time and didn't get any surprises. See, I think the length of this one kind of might indicate that it is authentic just because I don't think somebody that was trying to like fabricate reviews would spend this much time writing a review like that. Um, naming all the names and stuff that could be a red flag, but also there are people that do that write down every little detail, especially when you're going into like a high stress environment like this. I remember one time one of my friend's moms was purchasing a vehicle and they literally kept her there for like eight hours, uh, pulling the whole, oh, well, you know, I don't know if we can waive that fee. Let me go talk to the manager. And then they'll come back in the room and be like, okay, so we're going to waive that fee, but I forgot to add on uh, the fee for, uh, you know, spraying Febreze on the on the uh, floor mats. And then, you know, there'd be another half hour debate about that fee. And then they'd be like, oh, well, okay, let me go talk to the manager and see if I can get that fee waived. And it was just that over and over and over for like six or eight hours. There was... There was a there was a Jeep dealer here in where I live who actually had to close because the cops always had to go there because they would take the keys from all the trade-ins and they wouldn't give the keys back to people's personal property. And so people that were at the dealer would be calling the cops for theft because the dealer kept keeping them there for hours and not giving them their cars back. And that is flabbergasting. I can't even imagine it's already stressful. To make it more stressful such that you feel like you have to call the cops to even leave a building, that's like, what is that? Uh, it's not reverse kidnapping, but um, the word escapes me at the moment. False like you're imprisonment. Being held, yeah, you're being in, imprisoned in the car dealer and you can't leave. And one of the things I really liked about car, the buying a car from Carvana was I didn't have to do this negotiation for a price of a car. I didn't have to do this arguing over APR. I didn't have to do any of that. The car is listed online for a certain price. It's a very competitive price to anywhere else. Why do I have to go to a car dealership, bring my best friend, who is really not a really good person, and try to get a good deal to a Car, a salesman who has a reputation for being slimy anyway. Right. Why not just go to Carvana, get the car, it gets delivered to your house, you have no problems. The car dealership experience seems to me like it'd be ripe with improvements. And this review just tells me that this person's just perfectly happy with the environment that they operate in because it went good for them. But this review could have easily been a five-star review had any one of these chinks in the chain fallen apart. Well, it's kind of like, you know, how you mentioned uh, earlier about how it's not like going to the store and buying a loaf of bread. And, you know, maybe it should be. <laughs> maybe it really should be that easy. Yeah, I, I would think so. It pretty much is that easy with Carvana. And yeah, every car is different. And I suppose that's true. And that means all the prices of them all are going to be different, which is fine. I don't have a problem with cars all costing different prices. That's really not what we're talking about here. We're talking about artificially inflating, inflating the cost of a car to enter into negotiations with you, hoping that you'll get a higher price. Why not just, I understand that reason's money, it's always money, but why not just sell the car for the sticker price on the car and have no negotiation at all? Why, why even enter into those kind of things? And I, it just makes me concerned. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, speaking of concerned... We have another concerned citizen with this one-star review. And it's also another situation where a person would have liked to give them a zero, but they had to leave them a one just to give a review. And this place is shady, 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 and they will never, 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 ever buy a vehicle from this place 
Uh, they do not stand by their word. John Stucker never called me back after I made numerous calls to let him know about the problem I was having with Neil, the service manager in the pre-owned department. He's a very nasty man, and the service manager, Stephanie Russell, never called me back either. And then she skipped out of town and never handled my appointment like she said she was going to take care of. They had this porter guy. He said he'll clean my car. Meanwhile, he cleans the car, but he's also going to clean your purse. He stole $40 out of my wallet. As well as not being very trustworthy people, I would not eat lunch with cobras and rattlesnakes. Then I would rather eat lunch with cobras and rattlesnakes than go to this place. Stay away from the salesman, Keith. He doesn't stand by his word, and he just makes excuses for everything. When I took my car in there to be serviced, they also took off my plate license, plate screws, and put in other screws for which one fell out, and the other one was hanging by a thread. So I almost lost my license plate in the frame I had just bought. A porter came and returned my car, and as she was processing, proceeded to throw trash in my yard, and Neil, the pre-owned car manager, told her to block me and call the cops because I was unhappy with their service. They left all of their trunk upholstery untucked in and screws rolling around in the back of the trunk untucked. They left all these plastic screws rolling around in the trunk. It's a very shitty place. Poor service. Poor, poor, poor. I would never go to this place. Do yourself a favor and just drive by. Very unhappy customer. I give them zero. They also wrecked the back passenger side of my car, which I've noticed. And the girl was drinking soda and splashed it all over the inside of my car. This is a very nasty place to deal with. Uh, one star. Um, I do apologize for maybe some of the grammar in there. There is kind of a lot of duplicated sentences in there. It's a little hard to focus on, but I'm confused. This person threw garbage in her yard. <laughs> I, I, does she live next to I the don't dealer? Know. That's that's weird. She must. One thing that I think is funny about this is she's just like he stole forty dollars out of my purse. But like the sentence before that, like all I could think about like was you know the you know 1940s villain with the like handlebar mustache tw twirl twirling his little mustache edges going we're gonna clean out your purse see <laughs> oh my gosh so in the 1980s there was always the great cartoons before and after school and on the weekends and one of the the cartoons i always watched i think before school was called cops and it was like this sci-fi cartoon kind of but it was like cops and whatever and one of the main bad guys he would always say like yeah, you see? And so whenever anybody ever like does anything bad, I'm like, yeah, you see? It's, it's, it's funny. But why would they take her plate off? Like, what are they doing? Are they cleaning behind her license plate? Yeah, who knows? I have lots of questions. And I, I don't know what kind of customer it takes for you to get blocked by the sales manager. But is Neil the guy who sat on the couch with that poor other woman and touched her knee and said, I can fix it for you? <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that you got really lucky on this next five-star. Oh, yeah, this one's great. <laughs> All right. So, uh, bought a used Toyota from Paul S. in Internet Building. Good experience. Paul was honest, fair, and helpful. I definitely recommend Paul. That's that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. What does that mean, uh, though? Bought a used Toyota from Paul S. in Internet Building? Well, maybe they're confused about what the internet is. Maybe they have a special building on the dealership for, like, internet oh, sales or sure, something. Oh, sure, sure. I, 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 don't, I don't know, but Paul S. is clearly yeah. the guy's name, you know, so. Yeah, but he was honest and fair, yeah, so yeah. kudos. Good for Paul. Yeah, good job, Paul. Yeah, all right, so now we have a bit longer one of a one star. Uh, okay, so mad right now. I went to McMahon Ford after finding a certified Toyota RAV4 because I wanted the peace of mind of the warranty. So first question I asked was if the certified, as if it was certified, and I was told yes. Then during the test drive, I had him, I had him explain the warranty, which I was told was standard two-year, uh, 150,000 mile. Will think I had the we. 
we'll think I had they we negotiated and agreed on a price. Well, long story short, in the finance office, I was informed that it was only 30 day, 1000 mile warranty. Well, he called the salesman Wade into the office and he tried to justify telling me I had a warranty. I didn't because he had had slipped it by me in the paperwork. Well, why would you explain a warranty during a test drive it didn't have? This was a huge waste of my time and a pain for being a disabled guy in a lot of pain. Thanks for the bold-faced lie on your website as well as in person. Oh, and I was told all of their cars were certified, but they all don't have the warranty, which makes zero sense. Don't list it as one, owner certified, and then have the salesman tell them about the warranty they don't get. So I don't know much about warranties, but a two-year, 150,000-mile warranty, that there, that's that got to be a typo. I'm guessing that means 15,000. That's got to be a two-year, 15,000-mile policy because they expect you know 10,000 miles in a year with like a pretty average yeah. use. So I would think two-year, 15,000, that makes sense. That's, that's basically saying you get a yeah, year and a half. That, that would make more sense than 150. You know, we talk about the car buying experience being a very stressful experience for most people being one of the most expensive everyday items they use. They slip so much paperwork in front of you and they try to go so fast through it. And nobody brings a lawyer with them to even look at the paperwork. It just surprises me that like you if you went to court and said that I felt pressured in this situation and they made me sign documents I really didn't understand. Could you have a legal justification to get out of these contracts because you were an uninformed party? You know, in the instances where that one dealership was taking people's keys, I could definitely see the, a judge, you know, siding on the plaintiff's case for sure. Yeah, because like I know when we went with Oldest to buy his car, he got on the loan, you know, and I, I wrote I underwrote his loan. And when they were at the dealer, they were slipping so much paperwork through and they were talking about this and that. And we got like the full wrap coverage. I made sure that he could get covered. You know, he doesn't have a lot of money, so why not take that money and put bake it into his monthly payment rather than surprising him with maintenance costs later? So he had the full wrap coverage, and they wouldn't offer like gap coverage with the with the car. And I was I told the I told the finance guys like, listen, you're going to give him gap coverage on the car. I don't really care. You're getting him gap coverage. And they're like, well, it's not standard practice to give gap coverage anymore. You know, it's fine. You just drive the car for a couple of years, and then you're no longer negative on the loan. I was like, that's fine. But if he leaves the lot today and gets T-boned coming out of this parking lot, he's out a car plus the entire yeah. loan, you know? And so you're going to put gap on the loan. He's like, well, that's going to cost more. I was like, how much more really is the gap coverage going to cost? Like, well, it might be like eight bucks. I'm like, eight bucks? <laughs> Just put it yeah. in there. Why are we even having an argument about this? It's so yeah. stupid. He's like, okay, well, we'll rewrite the paperwork for having gap coverage. I was like, well, yeah, you're going to do that. And we're going to go through every single piece of paper here. And I probably pissed them off so much. I was like, okay, we're reading this. Yep, that looks good. We're reading this one. Yep, that looks good. And I went through every single piece of paper just to make sure that they weren't like putting something in there that we hadn't talked about or that we didn't sure. discuss. And I understand and I understand that takes longer, but you kind of yeah. have to because you're signing up for a lot of money. You're taking on a large obligation and you just want to make sure that that car is covered and you understand what you're signing up for. Otherwise, you're going to be screwed. And the car dealership's not going to no. care. So the only the only person in that room when you buy that car that cares about you yeah. is you. So you you better take care of you. And I know I joke a lot about how like past Eric has not made future Eric's life very easy, but that's me. And you need to make sure that you take yeah. care of yourself. So past Eric or current Eric, make sure you do good. So future Eric's life is <laughs> make easier. Make good decisions. The last time, yes, make the last time I bought a car, uh, my current car that I still have, um, it was actually pretty painless, and it was one of the one of these big name dealerships. So I was very concerned about it going into it, but it actually ended up being fine. 
Um, uh, one thing that was really funny when I was like doing all the paperwork though is they made me like check mark on like a captcha to prove I wasn't a robot. <laughs> I had to do that you too. <laughs> I had to do that too. <laughs> it's like, are you being serious right now? I had to click on a piece of paper to prove I'm not a robot. I'm clearly not right. a robot. Well, maybe. I could be an Android. Sweats motor oil. <laughs> oh, man. I, okay, I yep. think I'm up, right? Um, uh, five-star review. 2017 Ford Explorer with 800 miles on it equals a brand new one for $20,000 under sticker price. Wow. This dealer and Richard Witeski has got to be the best car dealership I've ever worked with. My credit wasn't perfect, and I didn't have a lot of capital to put down as a down payment. But Richard made it happen. We were upside down, about $5,000 on our previous car purchased a year ago that we bought from the same sales guy. I have bought six cars from him to date, and we have always, and he always takes care of me and my family. He is the best and most honest car salesman I have ever encountered. And as a small business owner, I have encountered a bunch, but no more. He is my guy from here on out. And my advice to you is to make him your guy today and this day forward. Thanks, dealer. And thank you, Richard. Five star. I wonder how long Dick's been screwing guys at the dealership. Woof. Woof. What do you mean screwing? He is giving that guy the reach around. What are you talking Uh, about? uh, You know, some people might enjoy it. And those were the five stars come in. Uh, so he buys a new car every year, which is not uncommon. A lot of people who run a small business probably do that. There's probably a lot of tax reasons why you'd do that. Uh, this is the second review that's talked about Richard, exactly. Uh, it's the second five-star review that's actually talked about Richard. We haven't had a one-star that talked about him. And I'd have to believe at this point in time that Richard probably is the real deal. He probably is a really great sales guy working at what could be a questionable car dealership. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, we'll go into our final review, our final one star. I'm a small town girl, and I've always heard the big city car salesmen are shady and will try to sell you an overpriced vehicle. This dealer lived up to every negative stereotype and more. We've been checking out the price of a certain vehicle online and elsewhere. We saw something we liked on the dealer's lot a few weeks back. We finally had a moment to go take it out on a test drive this week. The salesman did not seem interested in selling us the car at all. In fact, he didn't even offer us a business card. When discussing the price, he pointed to their online price and was not interested in offering us anything less, even though it was nowhere near close to the appropriate fair market value. While the car was listed as, quote, new, it had 5,000 miles on it because it was a demo car and it had some other issues as well. Just to give you an idea here, the vehicle itself had been sitting on the lot for nine months, had been through a hailstorm and repaired, and was and when we opened the hood when we were expecting it, mice had gotten into there over the winter had been trying to make a nest out of the underlying in the hood. I decided to call the sales manager and see if we could be interested in offering me a fair price. I politely pointed out the reasons why I felt the vehicle should be offered at a lower price and even mentioned how it compared to the price and the fair market value. The manager would not negotiate with me whatsoever and in fact told me, well then, I guess this isn't the car for you. I thanked him and his time and and he rudely slammed the phone down. I'm no longer interested in purchasing at all from this dealer and would not recommend this dealer to anyone. That was a one-star review and... I know I mentioned a few reviews back that I like it when there's a fixed price on a car. I know what the price is and I don't have to negotiate. I have a hard time understanding the perspective of this reviewer when they really do want to negotiate the price of that car. I get it. The car costs more than for value. In your opinion, it's not worth the cost. What that really tells me is you probably should just go find a car you want on some other lot rather than trying to argue with mm-hmm. these people. I don't know if I don't know if mice built a nest in their car. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. And if that's the price, then that's the price. Uh, yeah, you could try and negotiate, but to get mad at them and write them a one-star review because they wouldn't negotiate with you on the price, that seems pretentious. Yeah, I made a dealership really mad one time because um, the car that I was looking at, I had done research on it before we even went to go test drive it. 
and I knew that it had uh, a potential um, factory flaw in the engine that would have resulted in like a $1,200 fix like in just a couple years since it was approaching that mileage. And so after I test drove the car, um, we I was talking to the sales guy and I told him about it. I was like, you know, I know this is coming up. I know it's going to be an issue. Um, so the price that you have it at isn't realistic because I know that, you know, this is going to happen within the next couple of years. And he's just like, well, you know, this is the price and uh, there's nothing we can do about it. So, so we left. And then about a week later, I got an email from the sales manager telling me that they would give me the car for about $1,000 less. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's if there is one lesson I can tell you from buying a car. And this may not be applicable today with today's environment with buying cars and how everything seems to be being sold for over MSRP. And there seems to be a really high demand for used cars. But even today, it's words to really live by. You have to be prepared to walk mm -hmm. away. And that's one of the things that George told Jerry in that episode was that, you know, don't tell a dealer what you're here for. Don't tell a dealer what you like. Don't allude to anything that you're interested in and be prepared to walk away if anything smells bad or you don't feel no. comfortable. And that's true. It's true today. It was true back then. It was probably true when people were buying horses. Yeah. You know, if if you're not comfortable and you're feeling pressured, walk away. That is probably words of advice for every situation that you'll find yourself in ever. You're being offered drugs, walk away. You're being offered a car, $5,000 over MSRP, walk away. You're being offered a piece of shit car that isn't worth going to last a month and a half, walk away. Do you know where the term, you know, a lot of uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth comes from? No, I've heard it, but where does it come so, from? So um, people that are super into horses, equestrians, I think they're called. Um, yeah, equestrians. Um, yeah. They are able to tell the health of the horse based on its teeth. So they basically just have to look inside the horse's mouth to tell whether or not the horse is healthy. So if you are given a horse, it's rude to look in its mouth because it means you're trying to determine the value of the gift. Interesting. Uh, as I did not know that, that does make a lot of sense. I've heard that uh, horse teeth are a good indicator of their overall health. I do know a number of equestrians on Facebook. Maybe I can reach out to them and ask them their opinions on this. Uh, but you know what I also find oddly satisfying somehow on Facebook videos is like the farriers, or I think it's farriers, that come in and like, cut the old horseshoes off and they show like cutting the horse toenail apart and then putting new horseshoes sure. on. Like I, I see videos all the time on Facebook of that. And I like, it's, it memorizes me that like that doesn't hurt the horse. Well, somehow, it's just like but, clipping your finger down. I guess. So that, it, fingernail is no different than hair. I mean, it's pretty much all the same kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. So that's the reviews of the dealer, uh, a tipsy trip. I guess we'll get into some of the statistics when we look at, uh, the words that people use in in five-star reviews that are not in one-star reviews, this may come as a surprise, but if I told you that Richard Witowski was one of the most popular people named in five-star reviews, would that surprise you? Uh, apparently Dick be getting around, sure. Yeah, I mean, that guy, Paul, Richard, Witowski, Courteous, Encountered, Jim, and Kinder. Those were the top words in five-star reviews. And I think we saw that today with a lot of people mentioning those yeah. things. In in one-star reviews, but not found in five-star reviews, are call, truck, week, wait, offer, oil, and drive. Uh, yeah, I think we saw a lot of that today, too, where people have to wait a week for their car to get fixed, oil changes. Uh, we had that one review mention oil like eight times. And so it's easy to see how it's easy to accumulate words over time when people keep using the word over and over and over again. I'm really surprised never was not in that list, but it does show up in like the top 20. Uh, in one-star reviews and found in, in five-star reviews, so common th threads, I guess is what we're kind of thinking about here. Car, service, Ford, bot, great, I've, and business. 
I guess they bought a Ford and had great business there. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a good sentence to come out of it. I, I don't know. But uh, if you go to the website, uh, www.isthisplacetrash, in the statistics section, they'll talk about, you know, show all the different distribution curves for all the different businesses. This is a distribution curve number four, uh, which basically means that uh, it's got few number fives and it just escalates and gets higher and higher uh, till, well, actually gets lower at four and three and then twos climb and then ones climb. Uh, it's a really interesting distribution curve that uh, I find fascinating. But uh, pros and cons, I had a really difficult time uh, putting this list together. Uh, I personally have a lot of experience with car dealerships, none of them positive. And so I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be the greatest person to do pros and cons, but I, I attempted to try to think about it a little bit. One of the things that came across in the pros for this business was the sales staff. Sales staff get a bad rap as being snake oil salesmen just about anywhere you go. But in this case, they talked about, I think, three different salespeople, maybe four different salespeople that they thought were excellent and did a really great job. Clearly, Richard did a really good job in the reviews and the people he's worked with. Uh, so I have to think that the pros for this place comes down to having really good sales staff. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, it seems like the sales staff at least has some sort of compassion to them. There weren't, aside from the one story about trying to get, you know, um, high buck prices and keeping negotiating prices, it didn't seem like there was too much inconsistency with it, but who knows? Yeah, and I mean, like, for the mixed, the maintenance department, you know, some people had good experience in the maintenance department. Some people didn't, or the service department, I suppose, one way to look at it. Uh, some people thought management was mixed. I've mentioned this before. It would be very weird to see management as a pro for a business. Management's going to show up in either mixed or con. It's just a function of management to enforce company policy and procedure. And when you talk to management, it's never usually for a good thing. And so you're already going to be set off. And so mixed management, that's probably a good sign. Uh, if it was in the cons, that would be probably more typical. But mixed management is probably a, a good thing. Um, I guess I'll do cons too. For for cons, it's tough. We have, uh, There are a lot of reviews, over 60 reviews for this place. And it, it kind of comes down to, was this place racist? Is it shady? Is it trustworthy? I don't know how to break it to you, but a car dealership itself is shady and untrustworthy. I, I don't think racism comes into this at all. It's just a matter of that uh, car dealerships are a very stressful experience to be in. You're not feeling comfortable. You're feeling taken advantage of. Uh, you're going to think it's shady. You're going to think it's untrustworthy. Whether it is or not, is it doesn't matter when perception is reality. So my con is maybe it's shady. Maybe it's untrustworthy. And maybe it's racist, but I doubt it. Uh, for judgments, you know, we talk about judgments. We break judgments down into three different things. Is it justified trash, where the business is probably trash? Is it questionable, where you know, got a bad business, bad customer, they get together and you just have a bad overall situation or you just don't know who's at fault? Or pretentious, not trash. The reviewers are probably just being pretentious. Um, you know, I have a lot of experience with car dealerships, like I said. Uh, none of them necessarily great, except for Carvana, which I thought was super. Um, I, I'm going questionable. I, car dealerships are the bane of everybody's existence, and this is why I purchased my car from Carvana, which is in itself maybe be going out of existence, which makes my life a little bit more sad. But everything at a car dealership is designed to extract money from your pocket, and that can be a very stressful experience for many people. That doesn't make it a bad place. But their attitude does seem like trash. I would agree. Or you said questionable. I said justified trash. So I, I think it's trash. Um, I don't like dealerships. Um, I've only ever had the one good experience, the most recent one. Otherwise, it's just been terrible. Um, I, I hate shopping for cars. It's awful. I never want to do it again. I know I'll have to, but I don't want to. Um, Carvana may be failing, but from what I understand, that has to do with a bunch of uh, malfeasance in management and not because it was a faulty business model. So it's likely that some other business will step up in their place and offer the same service. So Carvana may leave, but the disruption in the market, I think, will stay. Um, 
and I can relate to the complaints that I've heard throughout these reviews. So I believe that it is justified trash. Yeah. Uh, so one vote for questionable, one vote for justified trash. For recommendations, I think I probably get this, but I'm going to go with no. And this isn't really about this car dealership, although certainly for this car dealership it's no, but it's for any car dealership. Just stay away. Stay away from this place. The reviews are consistent that you can't trust this dealership. Even if you discount the negative reviews and assume they're all pretentious, the five-star reviews don't make up for the lack of trust. So I would recommend no. Uh, agreed. It's a no from me as well. So two recommendation or two recommendations against, uh, one questionable and one justified trash. This has been a tipsy trip starring Shicker Ford out of St. Louis. Thank you for listening to our show, Is This Place Trash? All episodes are available wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay tuned for new releases. Leave a review, five stars only, of course. Visit our website at www.isthisplacetrash.com or engage with us on any of our social media channels. If you like what we're doing and want more, consider donating to our podcast at www.isthisplacetrash.com to determine, is this place trash? Is This Place Trash is hosted by Eric Dahl and Alexander Dahl. Music and production provided by Neverfront Studios in collaboration with Lucas Music. For entertainment purposes only, don't take the reviews or comments seriously. Make your own judgments based on your own research. Music